I want to tell you how excited I am about this next week and uh, the following week. Not, not Valentine's Day, I'm excited about that too. But uh, this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the 20th to the 22nd. Um, for those of you who don't know, we're going to be meeting here. Uh, we're going to start at 7 p.m. and we're going to end at 9. We're going to try to be very tight on time so that we don't keep you late. Um, but we're going to gather as a whole congregation, and the purpose for that is to uh, spend time together sharing the Word of God, asking questions, discussing, worshipping, seeing, and growing together. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians that God has given the gifts that we might equip the saints to do the work of the ministry so that each one can play its special role and build up the body of Christ for one purpose. And that purpose is so that we might be united in our knowledge of Christ and so that we might grow up and become mature and complete in Christ. And it's, we have a wonderful challenge as a congregation some of us have been here for years and years. Some of us know and live and understand the values of Christ and of His church. But many of us are new, have, have been visitors or have come to know the Lord just recently. And so the purpose of these next few days together is that we might grow together and that we might our unity of knowledge might be increased. So that we all might believe the same things and know some of the same things and grow up in some of the same ways. Does that make sense? Chief, come and share with us, please. Chief and Kia are people that we can imitate, that we can, uh, uh, they, they live a life that is worthy of being imitated. And so I want, I've asked Chief uh, to, to, to share briefly on how they handle coming to things like what we're about to have with kids and work and, and everything else. And uh, I have no idea what he's going to say, but I'm sure it's going to be good. Um, yeah, morning, church. Yeah, it's lovely to see you all, I think, from the front. I don't think I've done this, Lucas. <laughs> Uh, he caught me by surprise. I think you sent me a message when I was having breakfast, and I never looked at my phone since then. Only now here at church, I'm like, sure. <laughs> okay, so I think Lucas just asked for me um, and my family just to share around how do we navigate around coming to church and making sure that we, we come and uh, just enjoy fellowship with other believers, uh, especially because... I think when we came here the first time eight years ago, uh, when we walked in through these doors, I think it was uh, beginning of February, I think, I just can't remember the date, but I think this week or next week or so, we should be eight years uh, in the church. And I think when we came in, uh, we didn't know that we were expecting, at the time I think we were already pregnant with uh, our firstborn, who's now also going to be turning eight soon, I think around September. So I think first and foremost, when we were looking for a church, for me personally, I was just looking for a place where I can go tick a box and uh, go home. 
and continue the cycle. I didn't want to be noticed. And we actually arrived and came and sat right at the back for like a few good two, three years. And some of the reasons was we had little ones and you know how when you have kids, how they are. They are noisy, they're just running around and you know, some people don't like it. It's like, oh, why can't your kids just keep quiet and all that. But I think one thing that really encouraged me is I think there's a scripture and I think we're all familiar with it. Um, it's in Matthew chapter 19 where uh, people were bringing kids over to Jesus so that Jesus can lay hands on them. And the disciples kept on chasing people away, saying, no, don't bring kids here. This is the man of God. You know, like, don't do that uh, with your little ones. But then Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And for us, as a family, I think we never leave our kids behind when we come to any church um, event, be it uh, community, be it there's a meeting at church, even sometimes it's just a meeting just for leaders, and we're like, we, you know, bring them along. And sometimes for the kids, they would ask, like, why are we going to church again today on a Tuesday? You know, it's like, but, but it has become second nature to them that they can't uh, do a week without having to meet others. And to a certain degree, they would ask, like, are such and such kids coming also? You know, are they going to be there? Because they look forward, because they've made so much, um, they've made so many friends within the church. I don't even think they have, like, friends outside of the church. Most of their friends are from, from, from the congregation. And it's such a beautiful sight for us as a family to see that we're raising kids under the umbrella or the banner of what Jesus, where Jesus wanted his children to be. And for many people, I know for, the, for next week, three days we're supposed to be here, and the week after Valentine we're supposed to be here. And for many are probably asking themselves, I'll come back from work, kids are tired from school, so what am I going to do with my kids? I don't have anyone to take care of them. And I don't think the idea that the elders have around us coming here is for us to sort of dump our kids and leave them somewhere. But I think it's for the kids to be part and parcel of what God is about to do. Because the moment you leave them behind, you can just imagine what they miss out on in terms of what God wants to do. And it's through the little ones where others can also get converted. So um, for us, I think practically it, it has been challenging. Sometimes we're so tired and we don't want to do it. But you know what? We don't want to miss on what God is doing. And so I would like to encourage each and everyone to say, you know what, um, for the sake of your little ones, if you have kids, um, for their future, uh, and just so that they can be brought up under God's umbrella and his word, bring them in. Even if they make noise, it's okay. We are family. This is not a place where, you know, like it's just for adults only. We are all family. And we're supposed to do this together. So family is not only adults, but family is for a one-year-old or a two-year-old to hear. You'll be amazed at the questions that our kids ask us um, when we are home. From the preach that they hear, they also get to learn something. So please, um, I want to encourage everyone to say, don't feel that you can't bring your kids to, to, to these uh, few days where we'll be spending together. Bring them on. I know even in some communities, people struggle to take their kids because they just don't know what to do with the kids. It's okay to have kids over, also at home, worship with them, 
and then they can go play also and then bring them on when you pray. It's good practice, and as they grow, they begin to know God uh, much deeper. Yeah, so thank you. That's awesome. When I ask Chief to preach, I'm not going to tell him. <clears throat> that, was, that was awesome. Thank you, Chief. And that's so true. Uh, and that's an encouragement that we're family. Don't worry, you know, if it's hectic, if it's whatever. We will all get up and help and run around and, and stuff. Amen? Um, the second thing I'd love to share with us um, about this coming week is that it's going to awaken something in you. In you. Thank you. That was the, the, the Holy Spirit was just coming in. He wasn't. He's already here. It's going to awaken something in you. It's going to ignite something in you. It's going to set a fire going in you. Um, I would like to ask the strongest man in the building to come forward, please. Come, Louis. Okay, really, the strongest person in, in, in the strongest man in, in, in the room. Please. Come, Patrick. Come, come, come. <clears throat> if I ever have any issues with my kids being bullied, I just let Uncle Patrick drop them the next time. Um, oh, was it a private? Okay, okay. I won't share any more than okay. that. Okay. Um, so, so this is Patrick, Goliath. No, no. And he's a very strong man, right? And he can do. Are you are you feeling sore? Okay. I can pray for your back. Okay. Okay. But there's only so much one man can do. Jesus didn't call us so that we would watch the one carry the load. Does that make sense? So how many people do you think it would take to be able to carry as much as he can? Less, less strong people. Three? Four? I think you might be underestimating him. Maybe seven. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's put it this way. Let's use how many young ladies do you think? Where are we going with this? Where are we going? Rosie, Rosie says, just one. Yeah. Not just one, just one. <clears throat> Rosie. Okay, so, Patrick, thank you. I was going to do an example, but I'm scared of Rosie now, so <laughs> you can go sit down. Okay. Thank you so much. It doesn't matter how strong one person is, if we all are moving in the opposite direction, we'll take him with. It doesn't matter what one individual strong gift we have 
as a congregation, if we all get up and we start moving in the things of the Lord, there will be a far greater impact if we are united in our knowledge of Christ and in our obedience to Christ. So that's what's going to happen over the course of the next couple of days, is something inside you is going to be ignited. Why? Because you're going to see something that you didn't see before. Um, I'd like to share um, a scripture. It's in Acts chapter 11, verse 19 to 26 with you. And this is in the book of Acts. It's when the church was just starting. And there's a chap by the name of Barnabas. Anyone ever heard of Barnabas? You have. Zach, you've heard of Barnabas. Who was Barnabas? A person, yes. In the Bible, yes. Two right so far. What was special about Barnabas? He loved Jesus. He did. You're right. The Bible describes him as a man who was full of the Spirit and a man who was strong in faith. Full of the Spirit and strong in faith. But what do we know? And you can help your son now, JP, if you need to. Okay? This is what Chief was talking about. There's going to be a conversation on the way home. Why didn't you help me, Dad? What was special about Barnabas other than he was full of the Spirit and he was strong in faith? He was an encourager. He was an encourager. What does Barnabas mean? Son of encouragement. He was an encourager. And so Barnabas heard that the saints had dispersed from Jerusalem because there was a persecution that came. And so the church dispersed into the whole region. And some of them, some of the saints, went to a place called Antioch. Can you say Antioch? Okay. So Barnabas is sent to Antioch because he hears that the Gentiles have been preaching about Jesus to one another. And many are getting saved. So Barnabas goes to see it. And the Bible says that he was very blessed with what he saw. And he was full of joy. And he encouraged the believers. He said, stay close to the Lord. Stay in the Lord. And he encouraged them. But Barnabas was a very wise man. He knew that he didn't have all that it took to be able to build the church in Antioch. And so what he did is he went looking for something. And let's read it together and then we'll see what's going to happen over the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Listen to this. However, I didn't give you this one. Yes. However, some of the believers... Let me read it from that translation. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. 
Some of them, however, men from Cyprus, yes, the Greeks, yes, it was the Greeks, and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also. Oh, they were the Cypriots speaking to, okay, contact. Okay, anyway, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. Telling them what? The good news about the Lord Jesus. Okay, and we continue. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man. Well, let's go back. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. So Barnabas, who's an encourager, he's excited about what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's, he's um, encouraged himself and he goes to look for a gift because he knows that the church is built up by the gifts. Right? And what kind of gift was Saul? What was Saul's other name? Paul. The Apostle Paul. What kind of gift was he? I gave you, I gave you a clue. He was an apostle. He was, what is an apostle in the church? It's a master builder. It's somebody who knows what to put where and when to put it. Have any of you met uh, our lead apostle, Andrew? Have any of you ever heard him preach? Have you ever been there when he's preaching and something in your heart starts to get on fire? And, and, and something inside of you wants to count for Jesus? Have you ever felt that when he's teaching or when he's preaching? wants to move you on in the Lord. That's the gift. But, and, and so Barnabas goes and he finds an apostle who can preach the good news about Christ, who can teach the way of Christ, and who can start to build up the church so that they can be united in their knowledge of Christ and in their purpose, and so that they can start to grow and move forward and be what God has called them to be. Isn't that good? And it says, how long did they spend together with those new believers? Barnabas and Paul spent a year with that church, teaching them, equipping them, answering questions, putting leaders in place, and what happened was that church in Antioch became a base church. It became a healthy church. It became a church from which the gospel went into the nations and the kingdom came from that church. And it was a very simple exercise. They just got the gifts and the saints together and they grew. Does that make sense? 
And so the heart of what we're going to do over the next few days is we're going to have a couple of gifts who are going to preach and teach. They're not going to be long sermons. You're not coming here to do Bible school over the next three days and the following three. It's not going to be long preachers. It's going to be maybe 10, 15 minutes, somebody sharing, and then we're going to, we're going to talk about it. And, 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 and I want to encourage, we're going to have questions. You know, Lucas, you say that, but, 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 but why? Or, but, but how do I apply that in my context? And then someone else will get up and say, you know, let me share. I, I, I saw this, and, and I did this, and this is what happened in my family, or in my community, or in my school, or in my... Does that make sense? And I'm believing I have great faith for the next few days. I've asked one or two people to come and join us. I have no idea in which order we're going to do things. We're going to wait on the Lord. We're going to let the Holy Spirit guide us and lead us like we know to do. But what I do know is that we're going to be greatly encouraged. We're going to be greatly strengthened by this time. This is not just another course. In fact, we've never done this before. There isn't a... We're not doing a course. We're not, you know, doing a program. We're, not, we're, we're making ourselves available and open to the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, I seem to be preaching to everyone on this side. My apologies. They, maybe they needed a little bit more. We're going to spend time together. We're going to discuss together. We might break up into some groups and talk about things and have some feedback. It's going to be, we, but we all will need to participate. And so I want to ask you, don't stay at home. Because we're going to be moving forward in our understanding and in our wisdom and in learning how to apply the things of God. Does that make sense? Any questions? What are some of the things that we might talk about? Uh, have you got a question, Anton? He asked, is it open for visitors as well? Yes. It's absolutely open for visitors. So it's not a members meeting or a only family. Anyone can come. All are welcome. Good question. What are some of the things that we might talk about? I have a, I have a sense that we might talk about some things. You know, how many of you love to worship? Okay. I, I have found... Recently, my favorite thing in the whole world is time in worship. Ash, are you able to play? Can somebody help her, please? I would like a YouTube song, uh, um, and I would like it with the, uh, what do you call it? Video and audio, and I would like it nice and loud, okay? Search for this uh, on YouTube. Charity, C-H-A-R-I-T-Y, and then Gail, G-A-Y-L-E, and then thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Okay, now, you're going to see why in a second. One of the things that I found was a challenge for me when I was worshiping, 
Have you ever, you want to worship, you just don't know what song to use? Have you ever had that? Or you want to worship, but everything feels like a little bit dry, or not like this morning, but you know, it, it, like things just don't seem to work, or you know. And what I've realized is, is that theology is the content of our worship. Scripture, seeing God, is the starting point of worship. If we don't see anything, it's difficult for us to worship Him. So, for example, we end up with a lot of songs which are correct, but it's just too easy. Like, Jesus, you are worthy, or Jesus, you are holy, or, and, and we know, yes, He is, it's true, He is worthy, and He is holy, but the problem is, what does it mean for me today that He's holy and He's worthy? Like, I mean, I, I can lift up my hands and I can say, but, but what am I thinking when I say those? Jesus said, I'm, the Father is looking for those who would worship Him in spirit and in truth. Okay? Which means that you're worshiping from the heart. And you're worshiping truly from the heart. Not that you really are worshiping, but you're worshiping what is true. You are acknowledging, you're seeing what is true, and you're responding to that with everything that you have. You know, passion. Where does passion for worship come from? Does it come from being taught? Okay, guys, as Christians, what we must do is we must all jump, and we must all lift our hands, and we must... Is that where passion comes from? No. That's just example, and, and, and it is true. The Bible says, lift up your hands, all you peoples. Clap your hands. Shout with a voice of triumph. It says all those things, but it's all supposed to be in response to something. Not just Soma. Let's come to the front. Is that what you said, Anton? Let's Soma come to the front. That's not a rebuke or a correction. Our worship is supposed to be responding to something where it's just like, oh my goodness, like the Apostle John when he was on the island of Patmos. It says, and I was in the Spirit, right? That's the other thing. Most of us have no idea how to get into the Spirit in the mornings at home. And, and we need to be given handles and to be taught and, and practicals and do this, do that. Do. But he was in the Spirit and it says, and he saw the Lord. And the Bible says he fell on his face as though he was dead. Do, do you think, you know, he was discipled? When you see the Lord, what you should do is get as low as possible as quickly as you can. No, he wasn't. He just saw him and he fell on his face because it was the only appropriate response to what he had seen. And so some of the things we want to do is we want to find the content for our worship. We want to see what is the nature of God. What is He like? Annie, please come and join me quickly. I'll try to embarrass you as little as possible. Thank you, my sweetie. This is my Annie. Okay? <clears throat> this is my sweetie. Okay? This is my Bella. Okay? My beautiful one, this one here, okay, that I love, okay? I know it's not enough. 
this is, this is my wife. Now, when, now I know her. I know all the wonderful things. I know all the challenging things. Remember I spoke the other day? I spoke about those, uh, the ability to press the wrong button. You know? Okay, so I know my wife. But when I talk to people about her, I don't say, you know, the wife says, never. I, I never say, uh, do you know, the mother of my kids, you know, the other day was doing the... No, I don't. I don't use her titles. She is my wife. She is the mother of my kids. She is a doctor. She is a teacher. She is a housekeeper. She is a million things. But I don't use the titles when I speak to other people about her. And I certainly don't say to her when I get home, the wife, can we please? Because, why would I? Because it's not personal. And so I, I often don't even use her name. I often don't come home and say Annie or I'll say sweetheart or whatever. I will use personal, intimate names that we have developed between each other. Don't tell them mine. <laughs> because I have a personal relationship with her. Thank you, sweetie. You can sit. Okay. But with God, do we know Him? Do we know His name even? What is the name of God? Far too many people are looking at me like I'm not going to say the wrong answer. Give it a go. What's His name? Yahweh or Jesus? But there are many names of God, right? What are some of the names of God? Whoa, okay, there were lots. Okay, that was good. Thank you, but I couldn't hear them all at once. Yeah, let's go. Ed and Janine. Jehovah Rapha, meaning? God, my healer. Another one? El Roy, which means? The God who sees. Give us another one. El Elyon, which means? It means God most high. That's what it means. What else? Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Okay, so these are his titles. These are the names that are, that are the titles. He is. And then we get these characteristics of God. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent, which means he's powerful. He can do anything. He is eternal. He is what? Almighty. Yes. Yes, Joseph, is that a hand? I am. I am. No, you're not. <laughs> yes, he is. He, in the burning bush, Moses comes to the burning bush, and he has to go and deliver the people of Israel from Pharaoh. The problem is, before that, you have never heard the name of God at all in the Bible. You, he was just the God of our father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right? And so... We, 
Moses has this problem. God says, go and tell them that God tells you. And the problem is, there's a hundred gods in Egypt. Which one must I tell them has sent me? And God says, I am that I am. What does that even mean? Does the Lord not have good English language skills? I am that I am. Okay, sorry, we're starting to teach. The point being, okay, let me just tell you that one thing. I am that I am means that what I am, I am. I am never going to change. I'm always the same. So the way I am, I am. I, I don't... I'm not inconsistent. I'm perfectly consistent. I'm always like that. You can rely on me to be like that. Right? And so what we do is we end up, because we don't know him, we end up talking about him in terms that are vague and general, even though they might be true. But we miss out on the substance, on the glory, on the beauty, on the splendor of who he is because we don't know who he is. And so we come and worship based upon words that are, you know, true and right, but they're very generic. And so hopefully over the next course of the next few days, we can see him better. We can understand him a little bit better so that when we come and worship, it means something different. Now, I'm going to stop. And we're going to see you uh, uh, Monday night, 7 o'clock. But before we do that, we're going to play this song. Yes, you've got a question. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then we're skipping a week. And then we're coming the 20th to the 22nd. Okay, now, uh, this must be played loud. Okay, this is permission. Right? Um, and what I want you to do, could, could we uh, dim these lights, please? Did that just happen already, or was that? Pardon? The power of the tongue, wow. Okay, that was amazing, but yes, now we're dimming them. Uh, thank you, that you can dim them, like, okay? And what I want you to do is this. I don't want you to, because some of you may know this song, in which case, great, but most of you won't know it. So what I'd like you to do, there's going to be words up as they are singing. You're, you can read the words. And what I want you to do is I want you to really think about the words. And I want you to see what happens when you think about these words, which are true, which are biblically correct. Okay? And when you combine them with music and worship, see what happens in your heart. Can we do that? And we're going to do a lot of practical things like this over the next few days. Okay, so. Go for it. Louder, louder. was rich I remember who I was I was lost I was blind I was running out of time sin separated the breach was far too wide 
But from the far side of the chasm You held me in your side So you made a way Across the great divide Left behind heaven's throne To build it here inside And there at the cross You paid the debt I owe Broke my chains, freed my soul For the first time I had hope Thank you Jesus for the
It feels like there's more music needed. <clears throat> uh, I want to I wanna share one or two more of those songs with you during the course of the week. But isn't it beautiful when we see the truth of what he's done? What was it? He, the chasm was too wide, but he held me in his sight. And he made a, a way that I would come back to him. Isn't that beautiful? Come, let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood that saves our lives and brings us back to you. If there's anyone here who's never given their life to Jesus, who's never been forgiven of your sins, who hasn't got the blood of Jesus applied to your life, and you're sitting here today and you know that you need you need his forgiveness. I would love to pray with you. Can I ask you with no one looking around, would you just put up your hand so I can pray with you? I'd love to do that. Just put up your hand. I'd love to. Just don't, don't be shy. Thank you. Well done. Well done. Anyone else? Anyone else? Okay, let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, thank you for your blood. Thank you for your love. Please forgive me for my sins. Come and be my Lord. Come and be my Savior. Come and bring me back to God. In your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Let go. Thank you guys. Love you lots. Look